That is correct. In other words, it acts as a drug. Now object to the form of question. It acts as a drug on object the body. Object to the form. It acts as a drug. Object. Will you then echo in here? Your objection's been recorded. She typed it into her little machine over there. It's on the record. So now, I'll proceed with my deposition of my witness. Does it act Dr. as a White, drug? I am instructing you not to answer that question. In accordance to the terms of the contractual obligations undertaken by you, not to disclose any information about your work at the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Company, and in accordance with the force and effect of the temporary restraining order that has been entered against you by the court in the state of Kentucky. That means you don't talk. Mr. Motley, we have rights here. Well, you've got rights and lefts, ups and downs and middles. So what? You don't get to instruct anything around here. This is not North Carolina, not South Carolina, nor Kentucky. This is the sovereign state of Mississippi's proceeding. Wipe that smirk off your face! Dr. Wagon's deposition will be part of this record. And I'm going to take my witness's testimony whether the hell you like it or not! Answer the question, Doctor. <laughs> This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from a movie from 1999 called The Insider with Russell Crowe. If you haven't, Russell Crowe, Al Pacino, uh, um, who's the guy that played uh, Plummer, uh, the guy that played uh, Michael Wallace, Christopher Plummer. Hey, if you haven't, if you haven't seen the movie, you're going to see a reenactment of it coming on in the next in the next several months. As this impeachment thing goes, and uh, because we don't, we never know what's what's we're not supposed to know. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts going on, and what this was about was Jeffrey Wygant. Doctor Jeffrey Wygant was a chemist at Brown and Williamson, one of the big tobacco companies, and he saw something that he couldn't be quiet about. And uh, here's just a little piece of here's a little piece of the. Uh, of the interview he did with Mike Wallace on uh, 60 Minutes that got stuck in the can and never saw and never got broadcast and why all this stuff started. You're saying that Brown and Williamson manipulates and adjusts the nicotine fix, not by artificially adding nicotine, but by enhancing the effect of nicotine through the use of chemical elements such as ammonia. The process is known as impact boosting. While not spiking nicotine, they clearly manipulate it. There's extensive use of this technology known as ammonia chemistry. It allows for the nicotine to be more rapidly absorbed in the lung and therefore affect the brain and central nervous system. The straw that broke the camel's back for me and really put me in trouble with Sandifer was a compound called coumarin. When I came on board at B&W, they had tried to transition from coumarin to a, a similar flavor that would give the same taste and have been unsuccessful. I wanted it out immediately. I was told that it would affect sales, so I should mind my own business. I constructed a memo to Mr. Sandifer indicating I could not in conscience continue with Coumarin in a product that we now knew we had documentation was similar to Coumadin, a lung-specific carcinogen. And you sent the document forward to Sandifer? I sent the document forward to Sandifer. I was told that we would continue to work on a substitute. We weren't going to remove it as would impact sales, and that that was his decision. In other words, you were charging Sandifer and Brown and Williamson with ignoring health considerations consciously? 
most certainly. And on March 24th, Thomas Sandifer, CEO of Brown and Williamson, had you fired. Exactly. It's follow the money, folks. Follow the money, and we're going to see a lot of that stuff come out in the in the impeachment hearings. This is why why uh, Adam Schiff doesn't want the Republicans to be able to question certain witnesses. He doesn't want to have he doesn't want them to call certain witnesses because they don't want to be looking bad when they put together this whole thing. And we're going to talk a lot about uh, about that today. What what is laying out in front of you and what's about to start coming out as uh, open hearings start next week. And uh, and they can't they can't when it's on live TV, you can't shut it out and you can't say, well, you know, the Republicans got to ask the same questions when they say, hey, you're not allowed to ask that question. And they're going to start the the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Um, So anyway, before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and there are tons of opportunities in real estate right now due to the great low rates. If you're interested, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, 855-640-2020. If you want to find out something about real estate financing, refinancing, purchasing, um, reverse mortgage, any of that stuff, you want to talk to someone who will... uh, uh, who thinks like you, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet. Let me send it. Let me just send an inquiry on the computer. Go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Arrow, uh, uh, scroll down to where you see the Summit Funding logo. Click on that. It'll take you to my lending page. You'll be able to put in as much information as you want me to have in at and tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear, hear from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, uh, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If there's anything on the show you want repeated, you can go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page, hear this show as well as several past shows, and uh, you can download them or listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free and uh, have it have it automatically download to your, your iPhone or your iWatch or your iPad or your iPod or your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer your droid, any any uh, device you can listen to podcasts on, and uh, then you'll never miss it. So just in case the radio schedule doesn't uh, match your uh, your listening schedule, I'm there for you. There for you if you want to listen. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, my my handle on Twitter is at uh, Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Although I commented on somebody's somebody's comment uh, last night. And this morning I got uh, ousted from uh, their group. Um, I'm not really sure what I did. And I went back and read my comments and I didn't use any bad language. And I didn't. But somehow I got. So people are responding, but I can't respond back. And I can't see what anybody else is saying. So uh, apparently the the fix is in. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being censored. Um, which I thought I was at one time. But who knows. Who knows? Anyway, I got ousted out of that. I just I made some comment about uh, uh some guy that made uh, I don't know it was it was nothing that big of a deal. So I was surprised that I got ousted. I didn't say one four letter word in there. Didn't even put anything with uh, I didn't put anything other than uh, hey I did say democrat in the uh, in the thing. But other than that, that was the only thing. But I got ousted. I'm not really sure if it's Twitter or, or maybe just the uh, the moderator of that of that group. I don't know, but uh, so for as long as I get to stay on Twitter, you can follow me at Ed Hoffman. The Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. And, uh, and if you want to, uh, and if you want to leave comments, email me at ed at edhoffman.net. Okay, so let's talk about, let's talk about, let's weave all that. You know, people say, hey, how do you know what movie clips to put in the beginning or what songs you use? And I say, uh, you know, and and I, and I use Day Tripper. I use the Beatles Day Tripper because, you know, it took me so long to find out. And I found out, hey, you know, we don't know everything that we're about to know, but we're going to find out. So uh, I thought that was uh, fitting with what's going on. So let's talk about what's going on, what's what's been going on this week. And I'll try to tie all that stuff together. So uh, first thing chronologically, three American women and six children were slaughtered by drug cartel in northern Mexico on uh, on Monday. 
killed in broad daylight while traveling in a convoy of uh, SUVs to a wedding. Several of them, including twin babies, burned alive when one of the cars exploded. The victims were members of the Langford family, dual Mexican-American citizens, and a Mormon family described as quiet people who owned a pecan farm. Members of the family resided in Arizona, Utah, and northern Mexico. The slaughter was carried out by, by cartel gunmen who ambushed the family's three SUVs along a dirt road in a remote, mountainous area of Sonora State. Two of the SUVs were, were driving to, to a wedding over the border, and a third one was on its way to the Phoenix airport to pick up other family members for the, for the wedding. Um, although police said this could be a case of mistaken identity, where the killers mistook the SUVs as belonging to a rival cartel, this seems kind of unlikely. The ambush consisted of two attacks, more than an hour apart at two places along the road. At 9.40 a.m., a Chevy Tahoe was hit by bullets and exploded into flames, and at 11 a.m., uh, two Suburbans were hit by gunfire, all of them carrying members of the same family. Some have speculated that the anti-cartel activism of some of the family members had something to do with it. But uh, Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels, not Daniels, Daniels, said the bottom line is this. Well, we know one thing for sure, the cartel's behind it. Uh, they're yep. violent, uh, they have, they're reckless, they don't care about human life. Uh, they demonstrate that on a daily basis. Back in June, we had uh, double-digit homicides by the cartel, same areas. Uh, again, this, it's sad. So we know the cartels, we don't, there's indication that uh, they were innocent bystanders when they shot these uh, family members from America. But again, either way, when you're shooting an eight-month-old child out of a car seat, there's something wrong. Yeah, I would say there's something wrong with uh, all that stuff. So uh, why is this stuff happening? Um, I don't know. So he said there's only one way. To, there's only one way to solve it. You know, in the first nine months of the year, we've had over 1,000 gang members, uh, known gang members, try to enter our country from 20 different countries. Uh, we need a secure border. That cartel that runs that southern border, uh, it's time that I know President Trump stepped up today uh, with the uh, president of Mexico saying, let's get together on this. We need to step up, unify two countries and go out just like we did with ISIS, go after that cartel. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the problem is follow the money. And, uh, you know, the, and President Trump said, hey, you know, it takes an army to kill an army. The cartel's cartels too big for police, for law enforcement to take care of it. And law enforcement from what I'm told, has been asked to step step down because the cartel is is paying off the politicians in Mexico. So follow the money, folks. Follow the money. Why aren't why can't they get in control of the cartels? Because they're all getting paid off. It's kind of what we're starting to find out about the politicians in this country. Uh, of course, the Democrats continue to fight Republicans on securing the border, and Mexican President Lopez Obrador. Uh, says his approach to fighting the cartels is, get this, hugs, not bullets. Yeah, I'm thinking that's probably not going to work with these guys. Uh, but there's one option U.S. could do to make a difference without e without even uh, Mexico's support and formally designating drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations is, is one of them. Currently, the FBI classifies drug cartels as transnational organized criminal organizations. Hmm. Transnational Organized Criminal Organizations. I think uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani came up with a, a law called the... Uh, I can't, can't remember the name of it right now, but it was to, to, uh, to get all the, uh, the, the mafia crime families out of, out of New York. Um, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But, um, uh, you know, Transnational Organized Criminal Organizations. All right. That's like... Uh, that's like uh, uh, terrorist uh, attacks are uh, man-made catastrophes. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, once any group becomes a foreign national, foreign terrorist organization, that makes it illegal for anyone in the U.S. to provide it with material support or resources. We don't want to do that because they're probably paying off people on this side, too. Additionally, members of a group can be barred from entry to the country. Now, we don't want to do that because that might make them mad and they'd stop paying us. And the Treasury Department can require U.S. financial institutions to block all transactions involving the organization. Well, if they block all the trans... Uh, oh, I know. I just thought of the, the law. It was the RICO laws. So anyway, uh, but we don't want the Treasury Department to uh, uh, require U.S. financial institutions to block all the transactions because if the transactions don't come through our financial institutions, then we don't get paid off by them. 
So I suspect there's uh, some some dirtiness on both sides. Um, to do this, the Secretary of State must determine a foreign group engages in or has the capability and intent to engage in terrorism. Well, I think we've seen that. Threatens the security of the U.S. nationals, national defense, foreign relations, or economic interest. Well, it's, uh, it is threatening U.S. nationals, and it's threatening the national defense uh, and foreign relations. But economic interests, I think they're making economic interests somewhere uh, happen. Meets the Foreign, foreign Relations Authorization Act definition of terrorism, which is premeditated, politically motivated, violence committed against noncombatants by, by subnational actors. Uh, that sounds like what they did. Premeditated. They went out, went after three SUVs, all the same, all the same, uh, family. That sounds like premeditated. They knew who they were hitting. Um, politically motivated violence committed against noncombatants. Well, I think little six month old twins are probably wouldn't be considered combatants. Um, so anyway, so far there's one bill in Congress propose, uh, so far there's one bill in Congress proposing it. Its sponsor is Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. He tweeted this week, 239. This is the number of days it's been since I introduced legislation to designate Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. How many stories do we need to hear about cartels brutally murdering innocent people before we do something about it? Apparently more than the bill has been, uh, more, uh, has seen no movement since being referred to the House Judiciary Committee's House Judiciary Committee subcommittee in May and House Democrats have shown surprise, surprise, little enthusiasm to advance it because the House Judiciary Committee, all they care about is impeaching Trump. And uh, so nothing else matters in this country. So if it, if you if you need the government to do something that will better your life um, or if you need them to do something that will uh, fix a wrong, they're not interested in that because all the, the Democrats control the House so they control all the committees and all they're concerned with is impeaching Trump. Whether he committed a crime or he didn't commit a crime, uh, they're going to impeach Trump. And if they can't find something he did, they're going to make up something he did, which we'll talk about as we go. So going right along, it's been it's been one month since Ronan Farrow's uh, book revealed that NBC th- uh, threatened him when he started interviewing Harvey Weinstein's victims. Now, so Ronan Farrell, Ronan Farrow is Mia Farrow and Woody Allen's son. Um, he kind of broke off his relationship with Woody Allen when Woody Allen uh, married his adopted sister, Soon Yi. So he said, hey, he said, hey, so he's my dad and he's married to my sister. So he's now my dad and my brother-in-law. So I just, uh, this is just not, this is just not right. Um, And of course, uh, he was on uh, Bill Maher uh, last weekend and he, uh, and Bill Maher, apparently Mia Farrow at one time made a comment. She said jokingly that Frank Sinatra could have been the, uh, could have been his, his real father. Um, because she never broke off her relationship with with Frank Sinatra, and uh, but the Nancy Sinatra says no way, Dad had a vasectomy um, years before that. So I don't know. I know a guy who had five kids and then got his wife pregnant after a vasectomy, and then went and had tested and it his vasectomy didn't really take hold, and uh, so they went and got one more, had one more kid. So the little kid would have another brother next to him. So. Uh, they've ended up with seven kids. So, um, so you know what, is it possible Frank Sinatra could have, and Bill Maher said, Hey, we're talking about your father. He goes, which, what, who you're referring to? He goes, you can look in the, you can, you can see, can't you, you got a mirror. So apparently he was insinuating that Ronan Farrow looks just like Frank Sinatra, which is completely unrelated to this, to this story. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting that I happened to watch that the other night. Uh, so, but, uh, so as I said, Ronan Farrow's book revealed that NBC threatened him when he started interviewing Harvey Weinstein's victims. Now we're finding out ABC isn't much better. This week, James O'Keefe's Project Project Veritas, uh, the the group that does all this undercover stuff and uh, and uh, exposes you know Planned Parenthood and a whole bunch of other people about what they're really up up to. Um, they released an explosive hot mic video of ABC's Amy Robach 
venting about the network doing the same thing to her when it came to her report on Jeffrey Epstein. Remember that guy, Jeffrey Epstein? They had all these uh, young girls, had a little uh, fantasy island going out there and uh, with uh, young young teenagers uh, being uh, sex slaves. Uh, Robach is the same same reporter who refused to let Hunter Biden off the hook when she interviewed him last month. She interviewed Epstein's primary accuser, Virginia Roberts, three years ago. Speaking to someone off camera uh, at a commercial uh, commercial break, Robach said this was the network's first excuse. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Yeah, it's a stupid story. Uh, nobody Nobody knows about him. Well, apparently a lot of people knew about him, and a lot of people... More importantly than Jeffrey Epstein was what Jeffrey Epstein was up to with people that we that everybody knows. At the net, uh, and the network's reasons continued. Next, it was because British royal family was outraged that they would report the truth about pedophile Prince Andrew. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate. It will that we that also quashed the story. Yeah, we don't want to give up the opportunity to interview uh, Prince William and uh, and Princess Kate or Duchess Kate, whatever she's called. Uh, so we just will let this one just lie, and we'll just stick it in the drawer. Uh, does that kind of sound like uh, what happened in the Insider? With uh, hey, we find out some big stuff about the tobacco. The tobacco industry is a. Uh, is making sure that these cigarettes are more addictive than anybody knew, so we hook up, hook more people on them things faster. But ah, they have so much money, we don't want to. Now nah, we don't want to do that. And the uh, and let's hear some more. Be sure to listen, listen from this little clip. Listen for a very special name at the end. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. Oh, that's funny. They had Clinton. They had Bill Clinton. They had Prince Andrew. They had, uh, uh, What's his face? The uh, the attorney. They had all these all these people. Um, I don't know. Uh, does that make you wonder about Epstein's uh, uh, suicide? Because it seems to me that people cross the Clintons, they end up getting suicided. I mean, uh, murdered and made it look like suicide. Well, whoever was talking uh, to Robach off camera must have asked her if she believes Epstein didn't really commit suicide. Listen to this. So, do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because you want he made his whole living blackmailing people. There were a lot of men in those planes, a lot of men who visited that island, a lot of powerful men who came into that apartment. And they made it seem as though he made that suicide attempt two weeks earlier, but his lawyers claimed that he was roughed up by his cellmate around the neck. That was all, like, to plant the seed. And then... That's why I really believe it. Like, really believe it. Yeah, I'm surprised that we're so interested in what Trump may or may not have done, meant in a, with a little phone call that no one seemed to see think was a problem. But we have this kind of stuff going down, and we just call it a suicide when all the evidence says it's a murder. And uh, Hillary Clinton goes off and does her thing. Uh, Joe Biden admitted to quid pro quo on uh, with U.S. money and uh, Ukraine. But we're going after Trump. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just me. Robach released her own ABC approved hostage statement, meaning, uh, hey, you're going to put out this statement or else you're going to lose your job. As a journalist, as the Epstein story continues to unfold last summer, I was caught in a private moment of frustration. My comments about Prince Andrew and, and Virginia Roberts allegation that she had seen Bill Clinton on Epstein's private island were in reference to what Roberts said in that interview in 2015. I was referencing her allegations, not what ABC News has verified through our reporting. The interview itself, while I was disappointed it didn't air, didn't meet our standards. In the years in the years since, no one ever told me or the team to stop reporting on Jeffrey Epstein. Now let's hear how she really feels. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, 
Oh my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Yeah, it was unreal. And it's uh, just amazing to me how, how some people can say things and, and how uh, other people get ignored, and it's uh, we'll continue with this, this more. But right now, I'm out of time for part one. Uh, stay tuned for five minutes of weather, traffic, and commercials and sports, and I'll be back with a lot more on part two of the main event. Don't go away. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9291, Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk much about real estate financing or uh, on the air because on the show because for you guys that aren't in the market, probably find it boring. But if you are in the market and if you haven't noticed, interest rates are about a percent lower than they were a year ago. Um, if you haven't looked into refinancing properties you have or looked into uh uh, hey, you know what I'm thinking about buying some other properties. It might help to know. Might help to know what the interest rates are. So you might want to call me at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One more time, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Also, if you own property out of the state, or if you're thinking about owning property out of the state of California, let it be known that I'm also licensed in Arizona, Nevada. Texas, Arkansas, Florida, Ohio, Idaho, and Washington. So if you're thinking about getting out or if you already have a place that's out or if you have relatives in any of those states, uh, more will be coming right now in nine states. California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, Florida, Arkansas, Ohio, Idaho, and Washington. I think that's nine. All right. So anyway, if you need it, if you need any help with financing, 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and scroll down to the Summit Funding logo. Click on there. Give me all the information you want me to have. Tell me how much you want want back. So uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, how the uh, how the media uh, puts a can on on some of the news and how the follow the money. You'll find out where things are going. Let's take this to the next step. So rest assured. And then we were talking about ABC, how they uh, how they're uh, how they are uh, putting a can on the story from. Uh, that Amy Robach had on Je- had on Jeffrey Epstein, and we just want to say it's a it's a suicide because there's too many big names with too much big money that might uh, that might cut us off if we uh, get anybody thrown in jail. Of course, for those of us law-abiding citizens, we just assume have the dirty people be in jail, and we just assume let Trump drain the swamp, and maybe our maybe our country can be what it was meant to be. Uh, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and uh, you know it can be ruled honestly instead of everything's a dirty back uh, back out back uh, back office uh, deal going on that we don't know about. So rest assured, ABC's whistleblower who sent Amy Robach the, uh, Amy Robach's tape to uh, Project Veritas has been fired from CBS, where she she or he is now reportedly working. Because when it comes to whistleblowers getting out the truth about rich pedophiles, the media simply can't tolerate it. But when it comes to whistleblowers who want to take down the President Donald Trump, we get headlines like this. Washington Post. Trump's whistleblower attacks set a dangerous precedent. Vanity Fair says, there's a real concern for this guy's safety. News outlets grapple with unmasking the whistleblower. 
The Daily Beast says, thanks to Rand Paul, Russian media are naming the alleged whistleblower. Thank you, Rand Paul. Here he is. You know, Rand Paul rarely steps out, steps up to the mic, actually steps up for anything that we like. I mean, he's a, he's not really a Republican. He's a, uh, he's a uh, libertarian and uh, just like his dad and libertarians similar to most Republicans say, say, Hey, we should privatize everything. You know, the government is made to, to uh, enforce the laws and, and, and protect us from foreign enemies. Everything else can be privatized. And I agree with that. Problem is, is that libertarians also say, bring all our, bring all our military back to the United States and let's not meddle with things in other countries. And I just don't think that's realistic. I mean, if we would have started that from the beginning, it would be fine. And I'd say, hey, if you want to put our, our military on the border of the United States and bring all our military back and put, a, put all our military guys on the border to protect, to protect us, then we have to start a new rule, which people aren't going to like. And that means nobody comes in. And nobody goes out. We have to seal the borders and we have to protect those borders. And nobody, and that means if you've got relatives in other countries, you don't get to leave either. And they don't get to come in because it's the only way to keep us safe. So in the meanwhile, since that's not the way the world is, um, that part of the libertarian uh, manifesto just isn't realistic. So for that reason, uh, Rand Paul and his dad, Ron Paul, have been a little bit off the mainstream. But uh, Tuesday night, Trump had a rally in Kentucky, Rand Paul State, and uh, Rand Paul did step up to the step up to the microphone. The whistleblower needs to come before Congress as a material witness because he worked for Joe Biden at the same time Hunter Biden was getting money from corrupt oligarchs. I say tonight to the media, do your job and print his name. And I say this to my fellow colleagues in Congress, to every Republican in Washington, step up and subpoena Hunter Biden and subpoena the whistleblower. Yeah, well, uh, he was on a roll that night. Let's hear some more. And I say to my colleagues, if Shifty Schiff will not let Hunter Biden come, and if he will not bring the whistleblower for, every Republican in Congress should take a walk and say, this is a farce. Which it is. Wow, that was excellent. Whoa. And we all know that it is a it, it is a farce. It's all a bunch of BS. And that's why uh, Shifty Schiff and the, and his uh, Democrat uh, co- uh, colleagues want to keep everything behind closed doors so no one can see what's going on. So they can so they can and even the Republicans that are in there aren't allowed to to release anything. But Schiff keeps releasing little bits and pieces. Because you know, there in every in every witness's testimony, you're gonna have some things that are what you want to hear, and some things that don't you don't want to hear. When I have a when I have a uh, a guest on my show, sometimes I ask him questions and I don't really hear what exactly how I wanted him to say it, but I get clarity and I don't cut that out. I don't cut that stuff out. So uh, of course, not everyone agrees. Author of the author of the book, The Whistleblower Handbook. And the attorney who represented Linda Tripp during the Clinton Lewinsky scandal, Stephen Cohn, says Rand Paul and the president are being irresponsible. The law, they couldn't be clearer. Quote, the president shall provide for the enforcement of this section, period. The president. The president must protect this whistleblower. The president must tell Rand Paul to stand down. Well. Most most uh, most of the uh, networks on the television are afraid to say the whistleblower's name, but apparently it's an open secret. It's an open secret. Everybody knows who it is in Washington D.C. And if you uh, and if you listen carefully, you might hear somebody mention his name. And it has been, and uh, actually, in some of the transcripts from the testimony that we're not hearing all of it, uh, his name was brought up. His name reportedly Eric Charmella. So. Uh, Rush, Rush uh, went on. I think Rush said his name too uh, a week or so ago on on the radio. Um, but Eric Charmella is an analyst and former. He's he's like thirty three years old. Um, he looks like a kid, and uh, he's a uh, he's a uh, a uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? He's a highly educated nerd. Eric Charmella is a CIA analyst and a former National Security Council staffer who has served in both the Obama and Trump administration as a career intelligence officer. Senator Rand Paul tweeted, um, tweeted, let's see, I got to go all the, close to, close to Biden, uh, that name Charmella as possibly the whistleblower who came forward with concerns about President Donald Trump's interactions with the president of Ukraine leading to an official impeachment inquiry. Um, Charmella whistleblower worked with uh, the DNC, was a DNC operative who sought dirt on uh, Trump from Ukraine officials. Uh, Senator, Senator Paul called the whistleblower to be subpoenaed. Okay, we just heard that part. Um, Eric Charmella worked closely with anti-Trump uh, dossier hoaxer. Uh, the tweet uh, led to anger. The president's son replied, the entire media is triggered um, that I, a private citizen, tweeted out the story. So Eric Trump tweeted the story um, from Breitbart, and he he tweeted a link to it. The entire media is triggered that I, a private citizen, tweeted out a story naming the alleged whistleblower. Are they going to pretend that his name hasn't been in the public domain for weeks now? Numerous people in news outlets, including the real clear politics, already ID'd him. Charamella uh, could not be re, uh, be reached um, for comment. The whistleblower's attorneys issued a statement saying they neither confirm nor deny that Charamella is the whistleblower. Charamella's father told Real Clear Investigations he doubts his son is the whistleblower, saying he didn't have that kind of access to that kind of information. He's just a guy going to work every day. Yeah, right. That's what I would tell my dad, too, um, if I was a undercover guy the whistleblowers attorneys and democrats have fought to keep his identity concealed um i'm reading an article that said the five things you need to know he's currently detailed by the cia to national intelligence committee where he works as deputy national intelligence officer for russia and eurasia and eurasia that's your europe and asia he uh, likely works closely with alexander vindeman the impeachment inquiry witness who is now ukraine director for the national security council charmella's former role so uh, they asked. They asked in a uh, in uh, Alexander Vindeman's um, testimony. They asked Vin, Vindeman if he knew this person. Vindeman said during his congressional deposition, "I want the committee to know I am not the whistleblower who brought this issue to the CIA and the committee's attention. I do not know who the whistleblower is, and I do not feel comfortable to speculate as to his ident- as to the identity of the whistleblower." Um, he testified that he listened in on July 25th call, uh, in the impeachment inquiry was that was concerned about. Um, I did not think it was proper to demand foreign government to investigate the U S uh, a U.S. citizen. I was worried about the implications for the U S government's support of Ukraine. Um, you know what I, what I think, why is, why is he asking a foreign government to, uh, to investigate a U.S. citizen? He was asking the Ukraine to investigate um, things that the former vice president admitted to doing while he was the vice president in a quid pro quo, the same thing they're accusing, uh, accusing Trump of insinuating on a phone call. Uh, Biden did it right out in the open. He admitted it and bragged about it, but we're not going after him at all. I don't know. What's, uh, is this right? This wrong. So uh, the five things that we should know about Charmella. He's a Ukraine expert for the CIA whose background matches details about the whistleblower previously reported by the New York Times. Um, let's see. I outlined some things here because this is a 15-page article. I really don't want to read the whole thing. Um, number two, Eric Charmella grew up in Connecticut, studied at Yale and Harvard, and worked at the World Bank. Uh, he grew up in Prospect, Connecticut as one of three children. He spent time attending Woodland, uh, Woodland Regional High School in Beacon Falls, Connecticut, then graduated from Chase Collegiate School in Waterbury, Connecticut. And according to the prep school's alumni magazine, after high school, Charmella attended Yale, graduating in 2008 as a Russian and Eastern Europe studies major. In 2007, he was awarded a grant uh, by Yale Macmillan Center for European Union to research the perceptions of the European Union among rural Italian residents. Um, okay, I'm going to jump over here. Number three, Charamella was detailed to the National Security Council at the White House in 2015. You know, that was Obama and Biden's uh, White House. In uh, 2015, after joining the CIA as an analyst focusing on Ukraine and Russia. Um, Eric Charamella joined the CIA at some point during President Obama's second term. According to reports by the Washington Post and the New York Times about the whistleblower, 
Prior to Charmella being named in online records, Charmella was detailed to the White House to serve as Ukraine expert with the National Security Council. He worked under National Security Advisor Susan Rice. Remember Susan Rice? Um, the uh, the Benghazi attack was caused by a, a spontaneous attack in in uh, reaction to a YouTube video that some guy's in jail for now. The National Security Council is made up of analysts and staffers from various intelligence agencies, including the CIA, who are detailed to the White House for a period of time before eventually returning to their parent agencies. During this time with the National Security Council, Charamella also worked with then-President Biden, who was working closely on Ukraine issues at the end of Obama's time in office, like going over there to make sure that they don't investigate his son. Charmella is also listed as a guest at a 2016 luncheon to honor the Prime Minister of Italy, along with Biden. In November 2015, Charmella is named as one of the officials who attended a White House meeting with Ukraine religious leaders, along with the boss, with his boss, uh, Biden, uh, or Susan Rice. The Ukrainian religious leaders delivered a letter appealing to President Obama for aid uh, for their country. Charmella is listed as the NSC director for Ukraine. That position is now held by Alexander Vindeman, who doesn't know that name. He doesn't, he, in his testimony, he said, I don't know who that is and I don't have any knowledge of him. Uh, he's a key witness in the impeachment inquiry who, list, who listened to the call between President Trump and President Zelensky. Charmella also has ties with former Democratic National Committee operative opposition researcher Alexandra Chalupa a Ukrainian-American who has been targeted as by some conservatives as being behind an effort to accuse President uh, Trump campaign of Russian collusion. Chalupa, then with National Democrats' Ethnic Coordinating Committee, was also in attendance at the November 15 meeting with Ukrainian religious leaders, according to public records. Okay, uh, Charmella remained at the NSC during earlier months of the Trump administration. Charmella sent, uh, in, according to an email, Charmella sent... While he was assigned to NSC, was cited in the Mueller report. Eric Charmella did not leave the National Security Council. At the end of the Obama administration, he remained in place the first few months of the Trump White House. The NSC staff was bare bones level at the time after the res resignation of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who had Trump's first, who was first uh, his first National Security Advisor. Charmella worked on Eastern European issues with another Obama administration holdover, Fiona Hill. Um, an email sent by Charmella while he was still assigned to NSC was cited as a footnote in Mueller's report on uh, the Trump investigation. The email was titled um, Charmella to Kelly, but the details of the email were not included in the redacted report. Um, Charmella was a target of Trump supporters in 2017 when he was accused of leaking the, to the media because his ties to Susan Rice and the Obama administration. Let's see, what else did I outline here? Charmella was outed in a Medium article uh, by the far-right uh, Mike uh, Chernovich in June of 2017, claiming that the former Obama aide wanted to sabotage Trump foreign policy, uh, wrote in 2017. The piece described Eric Charmella as a pro-Ukraine, anti-Russia, and alleged with no evidence that he was possibly responsible for high-level leaks. Chernovich wrote, Nothing in his resume indicates that Charmella will put America first. His, his entire life... Ark indicates he will sabotage Trump and leak information to the press whenever possible. That was uh, in uh, July of 2017. Uh, Senator Rand Paul uh, tweeted, it's been reported the whistleblower was Joe Biden's point man in Ukraine. It's imperative the whistleblower be subpoenaed and asked under oath about Hunter Biden corruption. So anyway, that thing goes on and on and on and on. And, uh, and, if, and, uh, and guess what? We're going to start seeing the truth. We're going to start seeing the truth, the things that uh, Adam... Adam uh, Adam, full of Schiff, um, has been trying to hide from us by keeping everything closed doors about all this stuff. And you're going to see, and some of the stuff you, we may not be able to see because Adam Schiff has the ability to say, no, 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 you don't have to answer that question. Or, hey, we're not allowing you to call that witness. It's all bull. It's all bull. So we're going to see this all come out, and the truth will set you free. You know what? Uh, you know, and follow the money, all that stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, in my opinion, it's going to be quite a circus, and it's all going to support the, – the American public is going to find out that the Democrats are a bunch of dirty, corrupt animals. Try to keep it uh, clean. So we may not – we're not allowed – we may not have been able to, to announce the whistleblower's name, but we're allowed to 
to talk about his his uh, attorney's name, Mark Zaid. Zaid is, a, by sheer coincidence, I'm sure, the guy who wrote these very suspicious tweets way back in 2017. So uh, he wrote about, he wrote, hashtag coup has started. First of many steps, hashtag rebellion, hashtag impeachment will follow, ultimately. Hashtag lawyers. And then there's a, uh, a link to a Twitter of Jake Tapper. Here's the president on that. Coming off the plane and they hand me, look at this character. Okay, they just hand me this story. Coup has started, whistleblower's attorney said in 2017. You know when that was? That was a long time ago. They say January 2017, a coup has started and the impeachment will follow ultimately. It's all a, it's all a hoax. It's a scam. Yeah, remember? Trump wasn't in office till January 20th, 2017. So in that first first month, he's he's uh, tweeting about it. The uh, the whistleblower's lawyer. Um, here's some more that uh, came from the whistleblower's lawyer two and a half years ago on July 1st, 2017. It's very scary. We will get rid of him, and this country is strong enough to survive him and his supporters. We have to. <clears throat> and then uh, uh, on July the 4th, July the 4th, 2017, not shocking at all. I predict at CNN, CNN, CNN will play a key role in at real Donald Trump, not finish, finishing out his full term as president. Um, then he has a Twitter link. Um, and, and the link says, new poll, more Americans trust CNN than Trump. Um, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's still the, still the same on the poll. They should probably take that on. Okay. So um, it's going to be interesting, folks. It's going to be really, really interesting when we see what's happening. And, uh, you know, you should watch The Insider and find out at what at what lengths uh, the people in power will go to cover something up. And uh, then you should then you should uh, uh, listen to or read my uh, uh, Clinton casualty, either listen to the, the podcast on my website, uh, Clinton casualties, where I go over like 56 people that mysteriously died. Uh, because the Clintons uh, uh, suicided them, um, and uh, over the years from back back from when he was governor of uh, of Arkansas, and uh, or just read read the read the post on there. It's uh, all on all on uh, edhoffman.net. So let's go on to the uh, Democrat uh, update on the Democrat countdown election as the week twenty as of this week twenty twenty election is officially one year away. Here's where the hottest Democrats are in their campaigns. Joe Biden, he and his son are being enthusiastically used by his colleague in the Senate as the latest excuse to impeach Trump. And yet he still can't manage to capture the enthusiasm of the Democratic voters, probably because he's kind of old and senile, can't put two coherent sentences together in a row. He's leading the pack again, though he's only at 26%. Elizabeth Warren, after a couple of weeks in the lead, Warren is again behind Biden at, at and after years of waging war against American billionaires, she's finally managed to tick one of the most famous ones off, Microsoft founder Bill Gates. At a New York Times, uh, at, at a New York Times event this week, Gates said this about Warren's proposed wealth tax, which pays for Medicare for all with a 2% tax on all households. Well, actually, it's, if you, if all households that are worth more than $50 million, she's going to get $0.02 cents for every dollar over $50 million up to a $1 billion. After a billion, it's six cents per dollar. Here's what uh, Bill Gates said. I've uh, paid over $10 billion in taxes. I paid more uh, than anyone in taxes. Uh, but I, you know, I'm glad to have paid, you know, if I'd had to pay $20 billion, it's fine. Uh, but, you know, when you say I should pay $100 billion, okay, then I'm starting to do a little math about uh, what I have left over. Well, according to uh, my math, he's going to pay about $6 billion a year for money he already paid taxes on just because he has it. Um, So Bernie Sanders had a heart attack four weeks ago. Half the candidates stole the Democratic Socialism brand that made him popular in the last election. And the only endorsements he's getting are the freshman squad, our favorite uh, Muslim congresspeople, uh, Elon Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and, of course, uh, AOC. He's now at 14%. He's never going to be president. Kamala Harris, our uh, former attorney general here in the great state of California, is tied with Pete Buttigieg at 6%. 
The women at CNN, uh, the woman CNN and MSNBC were anointing to be president a year ago, now relegated to using an excuse that simply doesn't make sense after eight years of Barack Obama being president and Hillary Clinton being the last Democratic nominee. I have also started to um, perhaps be more candid, talking about what I describe and what I believe to be the elephant in the room about my campaign. What is that? Electability. What do you mean? Electability. You know, essentially, is America ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president of the United States? Yeah, if all else fails, if you're a Democrat, just pull the race card and blame it on the fact that that it's uh, your race. I'm a, I'm a woman of color. And, uh, you know, she says the funny part, the funny part is this is a primary election, not the general election. So the people she's accusing of racism are the Democratic primary voters. And uh, one last thing, Mr. Beto O'Rourke, Mr. I was born to do this, uh, put out a tweet on uh, the first of this month. Uh, our campaign has always been about seeing clearly, speaking honestly, and acting decisively. In that spirit, I'm announcing that my service to this country will not be as a candidate or as a nominee. And did anybody care at all? I don't think so. So uh, I think Beto O'Rourke uh, put the lid on his uh, candidacy when he said, we're going to take your guns because I have faith America is not going to let government take their guns because it's our only defense against tyranny. Anyway, folks, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1026588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1026588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity. AM 590, the answer.